Hey, Joe. Ooh, I'm not Joe. I'm a gay ghost. A gay ghost? Yes. <laughs> like of my gay past or my no, gay future? No, I'm just a ghost who happens to be homosexual. When you're sleeping at night, <laughs> I creep into your house <laughs> and redecorate it. <laughs> this is so weird. Joe, um, let me tell everybody real quick. My name's Mike. That's Joe. We've been friends for over a decade. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. And each week we call one another and we just catch up. Girl. Girl. We have a lot to get to today. I have so many stories. Okay, let's do it. I have this cousin, Richard. I think mm -hmm. I've mentioned him on the show before. He's a week younger than I am, and he's gay. Mm -hmm. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to go get tacos at uh, this place called Ricky's Fish Taco, which literally makes, hands down, the best fish taco in L.A. I've seen you post about it. Yes. And I'm like, okay, let's go there. But he was running late. He went to a lecture at USC. And he told me, like, when I was almost there, that he was running late. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to this other place. Like, Ricky's Fish Taco is always neck and neck with this other place. Marisco Salisco. Um, for best taco in L.A. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know what? I never have them immediately right after each other. So, I'm going to get a taco at Marisco Salisco. Right? So, I go off the freeway and I go to Marisco Salisco, which is this taco truck. Uh, near the corner of Olympic and Soto in East LA. Okay. Like literally across the street from the projects, but they make this taco. It's a fried taco that's stuffed with shrimp. Right. Mm -hmm. And then topped with this really good salsa. Ugh, it's amazing. It's like a dollar 25. Right. Sure. It's, it's amazing. So good. So I go there and I order my taco and they have like, it's like, it's literally on the street. When you eat it, you're sitting on like a brick wall in front of some office building. So I'm sitting there eating my Marisco Salisco taco, right? And then these two white guys walk up and he's like, see, even the local East LA um, Mexicans eat here. And he's talking about me. And I'm sitting there with like, <laughs> with taco salsa dripping down my chin. And I know I look like the biggest fucking beaner just sitting there eating my stupid $1.25 taco stuff with shrimp. I didn't say anything, though, because I didn't want to be like... What a dickhead thing to say, like, like you don't speak English and won't understand him? Yeah, Like, exactly. why would you even do that? I know, Even Even if you were from that neighborhood, like, that's just a really asshole thing to do. Well, welcome to hipsters. Seriously. Um, what's going on with you? Um, well, last week I went to the the movie theater by my house. They do this throwback Thursday thing where every Thursday... The local comic book store sponsors like a old, not, not really old movie. Sometimes it's like, I don't know, Gone with the Wind or something. But then sometimes it's like just an 80s movie or sometimes even newer than that. So this week, this week it was uh, Indiana Jones, the um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, it was the last crusade. Oh, okay. The Sean Connery one. So I wanted to do it and, um, I've been kind of text messaging this guy from uh, the White Horse back and forth. Not really like relationship texts, but like 
nothing flirty really even either just kind of friendly i don't know it's so weird there's like a really weird and you and i have talked about this before it's very difficult like to make a solid gay friend because if you like someone like if you are attracted to their personality and would make great friends like it's such a fine line between like that and sleeping with them am i am i wrong no, but wait, uh, but I, I don't think you made it clear that you only want to be his friend. So it's a guy you met at the White Horse. That's the gay bar. He said has like legendary stories, right? Yeah, okay. and he's he's very nice. He he's also very attractive. He's just really stupid. Like uh, I, those are a the good, best. I know, but a good example is uh, on Thursday we were gonna go to this movie. So he texts me like three times, and I was busy at work, but also just kind of like not very responsive and so as like a way of making up an excuse kind of for why I didn't text back right away I said I'm so sorry you know today's been hectic I put I just had to put out this big fire at work and he responded OMG exclamation point exclamation point was there a lot of damage like yes oh my god I know bless his heart how cute is he (laughs) he's well I think he's very attractive I don't think you would he's like well, he's like Filipino white mix. Well, he, no, that could be cute. Like, look, I, you you keep putting this onus on me that I hate other races. And I don't. You do. You no, do. No. First of all, I never put up the picture of the guy from K-Town is the name of the show. And his name is Peter Lee, or but it's L-E. So is it Lay? Whatever. He's Korean. He is so hot. He's full Korean. I mentioned him last week. Hot. Two... I was going to say Manila Luzon, the drag queen, as a boy, is very cute. And he is, yeah. There you go. So, shut up. So, anyway, Indiana Jones' Last Crusade was freaking awesome. Like, the theater's full of people, and they are there to enjoy the movie. So, pretty much, I would say, like, 95 <laughs> What other theaters are you going to? Well, because a lot of times you'll go to a movie and you don't know. It's a crapshoot. But, like... For the most part, 95% of that audience has seen the movie, so they went back because they want to see it again. So it's not like a movie where people might walk out of there and say, like, "Mm, that was okay. Like, everyone there wanted to see it again. So, like, in the beginning, if you remember The Last Crusade, River Phoenix is in the beginning playing, Uh, like, a young... Yeah, playing a young Indiana Jones, and he does the, like, this belongs in a museum sort of line. And then when it flashes forward to when... Um, Harrison Ford says this belongs in a museum and like he turns around and his iconic cap and everything and everybody just like cheers I don't know it was really cool like everybody laughed at the right times and it was a very good movie theater experience because um, of what the movie was the Indiana Jones series is one of my favorite movie series so I do love it I think Temple of Doom is my favorite you but know, I think it's weird Temple of Doom is my favorite too I think it might have something to do I don't know this for a fact but I'm gonna guess it um, which is super responsible of me. I think it was played most on TV. So it became like, I, I've seen every part of that movie 50 times because it was played over and over on TV, or at least in my house it was. I don't know how we were watching it, but we watched it a lot. So um, so you went with this guy you met at the White Horse? Yes. And that was fun. Did he take you to eat balut? No. <laughs> no. If you don't know, that's a Filipino cuisine, which is like a, f- a fertilized duck egg. And they like tap open the top and you like suck out the inside of the... It's like a duck fetus, basically. Mm-hmm. And they, they eat it with beer a lot of times, I think. Um. All right. What else is going on with you? 
I went to an awards gala last night. My friends Chris and Mercedes are on the board of directors of an organization in Los Angeles called Homeboy Industries. It's founded and run by uh, a priest named Father Gregory Boyle, who's legendary, actually. And he, the organization um, takes gang members and reforms them into, like, normal people. And I really do, anytime you go to a Homeboy Industries event, I challenge even the coldest, blackest, hardest person like you, Mike, to not, <laughs> to, to not cry. Oh, my God, you're constantly in tears. So... Chris and Mercedes are on the board of directors, and they actually were the chairs of this event. They do it every year called the Lo Maximo Awards, and they honor celebrities, and they have celebrity hosts and whatnot. And so they asked me to go, and they sat me at a table. Now, let me tell you this, actually, because really the, the story is not really about the gala. So um, they asked my cousin to go. I have a cousin named Richard. I may have mentioned him on the show. And he went, and I told him he should dress all vaqueroed out. And I know okay. I use the accent there, but it's like basically like the really nicely dressed like Mexican cowboy. Mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm all, that would be so great if you do. So he shows up to the event all vaqueroed out. I saw him walking down to them like, oh my God, yes, right? So when we go into the ballroom, this huge grand ballroom at the Marriott in downtown L.A., this, uh, this, you know, this gala is a big thing in L.A. Like, the people running for mayor were there. Um, congressmen were there. Former politicians, former mayors, they were all there, right? And we are at, like, seriously, Richard and I are at the fiercest table in the gala. Like, Lisa Ling is at our table. Which, by the way, did you know that she and Lucy Liu are different people? <laughs> Yeah, I was aware that Lucy Liu and Lisa Ling are different. I found that out the most awkward way possible. <laughs> Joey. Uh, next time you sit at a table with someone, make sure they're not on that Sherlock Holmes show. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Um, I So when I, when I walk up to the table, we're like, oh my God, we're right in front. And... There's no one there except these two old people, and they're, like, holding on to their seats. Like, they don't want anyone to take their seats. I was like, oh, great. I don't know who these people are, right? So I get there, and the old man turns around. He goes, what's your name? And I go, I'm Joe. And he goes, oh, my name's Joe, too. I'm Joe Tory." And I immediately was like, oh, right? Because let me tell you this. I don't know who that is. I know you like have been writing about on Facebook about it, but I have no idea. I'm explain it to you. But here's a weird Joe fact: for a variety of reasons, mostly because my parents forced me to play little league baseball, I have this weird encyclopedic knowledge about baseball between like 1981 and like 1991. Strangely, it's the 80s baseball. I just know all about it, all the players, all the teams, because I think. I wanted my dad to like me, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. and I couldn't be a good baseball player. So I really got into like knowing the sport and baseball's a good sport to know things about. And like I collected baseball cards. I just knew who all the players were. And I would beat off to Oral Hershiser. And so. Is his name really Oral? Yeah, his name's Oral Hershiser. And he was so 14 year old Joe thinking he's cute, right? He's like a thin, yeah. lanky white guy. You wanted to give Oral to Hershiser. Yowzer. 
No. Anyway, so so I know that Joe Torre was the four-time World Series winning manager of the Yankees. Like, he's literally in New York. He is like a fucking god, all right? He coached the Yankees from like the mid nineties to like the mid two thousands. So he was a coach of like the golden era, one of the golden eras of the Yankees. Like literally he is like my brother said today, like the Phil Jackson of baseball. You know? So oh you don't know who Phil Jackson is either, right? The Lakers, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like Joe Torrey is huge. And then he came to LA and coached the Dodgers for a while, right? So in LA he's huge. Um so, like, for me as a Mexican to sit next to the former Dodgers manager, oh, my God. Every straight Mexican male in L.A. and every straight New Yorker or anybody who loves baseball in New York and L.A. was so fucking jealous of me sitting next to Joe Torre, right? Meanwhile, I'm not even joking. He and I never talked about baseball. We talked about his daughter who wants to do musical theater. <laughs> you found some common ground. That's yeah. good. So, literally, listen here, straighties. I was sitting next to literally one of the most famous managers in baseball history. And we didn't talk about baseball. We talked about musical theater. <laughs> anyway, so we're at the, and Lisa Ling's at our table. We're literally at the fiercest table in the place, right? The reason right. I bring that up is before the, everything gets started, these two gay guys just walk up to my cousin and like, hey, girl. And it was some, these two gay guys in suits. And they were just yucking up my cousin. Blah, 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 blah. And one of the guy, the guy that's important, his name is Ruben. So Ruben's just yucking up with Richard, right? So then they walk away. And I go, oh, who was that? And Richard's like, girl, I went to college with him. I see him at events now and then. He is such a dick to me. He blows me off, right? But now that he sees me here at this fierce table, he, like, wants to be my best friend. Right? And I was like, ew, gay guys are so fucking gross. Ew, right? So whatever. I just sit there with my pals, Lisa Ling and Joe Torrey, and the event goes on. Well, at one point, Lisa Ling's husband, who, oh, hot Asian. Lisa Ling's husband is Asian and hot. He loves the Yankees. And so he's looking at Joe Torre's World Series ring, and he's like, can I take a picture with it? And Joe Torre is like, I'll do one better. I'll take a picture with you holding the ring. So he gets up to take a picture with Joe Torre. I mean, Joe Torre gets up to take a picture with um, Lisa Ling's husband. Um, Why does Ruben get up and, like, put his hand on Joe Torre's shoulder and is like, can I get a picture with you? And Joe Torre blew him off. And I was like, yes. So weird. I love it. But why don't we, why don't some fag want a picture with Joe Torre anyway? Because again, he's just such a fucking social climber fag. It's so dumb. Ugh, I hate him and I hate gay people. Thank you. <laughs> Every single gay person. Well, no, I just hate Ruben. I hate gay people like Ruben. Like the, like the networky social climbers. Is this a, an exclusively gay thing? No, he was the only gay. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's the only gay no, no, guy no. there. No, no, no. Is this character type exclusively gay that you hate? No, 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 no. Obviously, there are social climbers um, in every sexuality and gender and race and creed and whatever. But it's one of these things that reminds me of a story from when I was young where um, one time I was at a family function and my brother and I were running around. So were the other kids at the party. So all the kids were running around, but my uncle scolded me and my brother, right? And my mom said to my cut, my uncle, 
uh, well, why did you scold Joey and Mike? Why didn't you scold the other kids? And my uncle said, because they're not my nephews. And it's the same thing here. It's like, I don't care about the social. I, I like with gay people. I want them to be the best that they can be because they're representing gay people. So, so they're part of your family. Yeah. They're part of my family. And I got it. Feel I can criticize them. Thank you. Yeah, I get it. So speaking of your, your black tie uh, affair, I, um, I have this weird relationship with the homeless people of Berkeley. You sleep with them and, <laughs> and they steal your underwear. <laughs> No, but there's there's a lot of like street folks in downtown Berkeley where I work and and there's like well, some of them I know their names like there's a woman Irene she calls me beautiful every time I see her she doesn't ask me for money she knows I'm not going to give her any money but like we say hello to one another there's another guy named Patches well another guy that I call Patches because he makes like out of denim he like makes these patches and sells them and one week so I was like very busy one week and I stopped taking the BART and started driving into work. And when I started taking the BART again, I walked by him and he was like, hey, are you doing okay? Like he realized that I was gone for a whole week. So like I feel like I have a decent relationship with the people that I pass and talk to and say hello to every day. And there's one guy that is young, probably like 19. Ooh, tell me more. No, he's... I don't know that he's like mentally all there. Ooh. So he's just your type. <laughs> but I call him Mowgli because he kind of looks like the Jungle Book character. <gasps> Who would be so hot as a 19 year old? Keep going. <laughs> this is sounding so hot. No. So I get off the BART, the, the, the train here, and I'm going up the escalator in the downtown Berkeley station. And as I'm going up, I hear somebody saying, change, please. Change, please. Change, please. Change, please. And it was like sing-songy kind of. And then I realized that it was Mowgli as I'm like halfway up the escalator. And then as I'm getting to the top of the escalator, just like as a joke, because I've had words with him before, I started saying, please change. Please change. Oh, no. This does not sound like it's going to end well. So Mowgli, like, I think he might have been strung out on something because he didn't even, like, acknowledge me. But the woman in front of me is wearing, like, a kind of like a business suit and sneakers and she i know and she she turned around she diane keaton and baby boom <laughs> no paula poundstone actually okay. she's wearing she's wearing a, a fierce paula poundstone like a zoot suit like a yellow zoot suit <laughs> no and she turns around and she said to me she looked me right in the face and but the weird part is she turned around acknowledged what i said looked me in the face and then under her breath said fucking insensitive and then <gasps> And then turned around and walked away. <laughs> well, what do you like? It was kind of insensitive. But I was just like playing along with his song. Like I, if he would have acknowledged me, I would have probably stopped and talked a little bit. Like it wasn't, it wasn't insensitive. I wasn't, I wasn't saying that he needed to change. I was kind of like, it was a weird sing songy way of panhandling, and so I was just contributing my, my harmonies. I don't, I don't know. That... I think I would have because, it, like, especially if the guy's not acknowledging you and not getting the, what your joke. Yeah, you know, a famous author once said, "It doesn't matter." Wait, if that's what you heard, that's what I wrote. <laughs> you did it wrong, but you're just I... you're trying to quote something that I said. Yes. What else happened to you this week? Anything? No, but. But um, we had a family party for my dad today. 
Mm-hmm. And here's the weird thing. I never thought of this. So my dad's brother and his kids, who they're in their late 20s, early 30s, so it's not like they're children, um, came over. And they're all huge fans of the podcast. What? Even my uncle, who's almost 60. What? Yeah. And like, he's like, wait, love- wait, 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 wait. This podcast? This podcast. Joey, I haven't even told my family about this podcast. How uh, do they know? Facebook? Well, because my cousin knows from Facebook, and she listens to the show, and she's a huge fan. Her name's Roxanne. Oh, yeah. I've Hi, Roxanne. I've, I've seen her stuff. She likes stuff on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Roxanne is a huge fan of the show. In fact, she was telling me a story about... I actually have two stories like this, where um, she told me a story about how... And it's this most recent episode, right? But uh, the priest and all our stories. And... She was just listening to it really loud in her room, and she said she heard her neighbors laughing. No. Yeah, and then her friend came up with a girl, you can hear that show blaring all over the neighborhood. And her neighbors were laughing at the show. <laughs> we then, should have we should like remind people that they can find it at cupodcast.com every like five minutes so that if that happens again they can know where to find us. We should. And then Jose, my ward Jose, was listening to the show. Uh, on his computer, and his mom, for some reason, was just walking through the room a bunch, and she heard the show, too, and she loves the show. Really? Does she speak English? Doesn't speak English. <laughs> well, that's good. So, hi, Ophelia. Hola. Um, anyway, um, so, um, news stories. Anything going on in San Francisco? Well, the city of Berkeley actually is thinking of re- um re-upping i guess you would say the minimum wage Mm -hmm. so on tuesday of this coming week the berkeley city council is going to vote if they want to raise minimum wage to ten dollars and 55 cents per hour which would make it the highest in among the highest in the nation so san francisco is already slightly higher than berkeley but they are thinking of making it uh equal so i thought that was interesting because there's not it's not like Prices are more expensive in, like, a McDonald's sandwich costs the same here as it does everywhere else. It's not like they pass that cost onto the consumer. Well, I mean, look, one of the things I'll say about Berkeley and San Francisco, I know I talk a lot of shit about them, and I think I'm about to talk more shit about them in a bit, is I will say that they are trailblazers in a lot of ways for very positive effects. And as annoying and as grating as they can be, you need those annoying and grating people to break open the barriers to so that the rest of us ha- can lead better lives. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. It was shocking when I moved here to have 12 different trash bins that I have to separate all my trash and compost and recycle and yard waste and everything into like a separate bin because phoenix is not that way at all and oh, orange, County, orange county was not that way when i was there either it was like trash and recyclables and that's it mm-hmm. so it's it's different but you're right like i think that they're headed in the right direction well yeah you need the super progressives not i'm not in the country become that super progressive is it will never be like san francisco or berkeley but you need them because then the, it just bring it elevates the country just enough does that make sure. sense so yeah. that we're following in their wake and so you need people like that strangely actually um my cousin richard um he is that person 
Um, he's not so much anymore, but when he was young, I mean, look, I come from a very tight knit Mexican family who didn't have openly gay people in it. And my cousin just was the fucking trailblazer, man, much to even, I was much more conservative, conservative than he was, but, um, it's because of my cousin who would like literally bring his boyfriend to family events and dance with him and make out with him much to the horror of the older Mexicans there that because of him, when I came out, it was easier for me to come out. And be, when my cousin Mark, I have another gay cousin, Mark, uh, when he came out, it was easier for him to come out, all because of my cousin Richard, who was a trailblazer. So that's sort of my uh, homage to Richard. That's one of the reasons I admire him. Sure. And Richard is like Berkeley in San Francisco. He's need You need people who are going to be in your fucking face and like pushing things. And even though they're annoying... They get shit so done. So your cousin is annoying and grating. He can be, sure. yes. I'll tell okay. him that. But it's because of him that you get shit done. What's happening in L.A.? Okay, speaking of annoying and grating, did you hear this story about this BMW in Beverly Hills? There was this white BMW, and it's caught on video. But he like it basically chases a bicyclist down an alley, and then he like rams the bicyclist with his bike and pins him against a, a garbage what? bin. What? But yeah. you hate bicyclists. Uh, was this you? I don't drive. Girl, I wish I drove a BMW. And if I did, I would not be pinning bicyclists with it. I'd be like, ew, I don't want blood on my paint job. Anyway, I can just put <laughs> I can just put laughs in later. Don't worry about it. Good, good. <laughs> we should just keep like a laugh reel that we could sample from at any time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, no. Well, here here's the deal. Um, is it the, is it a, like a YouTube video that's going around? I'll send you the article. I'll put I'll put it on the Facebook page. Um, the guy is okay. The guy had no life threatening injuries. In fact, at the end of the video, you see him. The car backs away, and the guy like the bicyclist runs after the car. Right, so he's fine. But here's what I'm gonna say. Look, if they find this BMW guys, there's a manhunt. Not a manhunt, but they're looking for him. If they find him, he should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. You don't pin people with your vehicle. But here's a fact that is sort of buried in the article. The reason this happened, and the bicyclist admits this, is the the white BMW driver had his window down, and the bicyclist just rode up and punched him in the face. Wait, why? Because bicyclists are terrible people. <laughs> so That's not a bi- normal trait of a bicyclist, to ride up and punch people. Well, no, I'm sure that... The white BMW didn't share the road or whatever, didn't like... Let me tell you this. My friend Mercedes, who is not a crazy driver and a pacifist, you know, not trying to run people off the road. She was with her kid in the car driving down the road. And this bicyclist felt that she got too close to him or something like that. And when they were at a stoplight, he started like pounding on the hood of the car, scaring the kid, making him cry. And then he took... Um, his water bottle and squirted it in Mercedes' face. <laughs> what a stupid thing to do. I know. They're terrible, horrible human beings. Now, in an article I read about this, somebody said, and this might be true, the, the cyclist said, look, most bicyclists are very good, but it's the minority that makes the rest look bad, right? Mm-hmm. There's this minority sure. of bicyclists who are just terrible, and that could be true. They're, you never notice the good ones, and that might be true, but I fucking notice those horrible ones, man, who just run the red lights, and they yell at pedestrians and try and run them down because they don't want to stop. They're terrible people, and I don't condone, I do not condone pinning him against the car, but I understand where that emotion can come from. 
Thank you. There was this kind of relates on Friday. I was walking in the Castro and which is an area here in San Francisco, Joe, if you didn't know. And I was going to cross the street from I was going from the Bart to Castro. And as I'm I'm not even joking, let me interrupt you. I'm sorry. I'm not even joking. And we should come back to this at some other time or not today. Some other time. Why don't they name the Castro district after milk? Thank you. Go on. So I'm walking. Really, it would cost nothing because like. You could keep all your Castro shit, and there's nothing official. Like it's not like people have to change their mailing address because yeah. it's just like an area. That's true. But anyway, um, I'm walking, and there's. Are you familiar with this critical mass thing that they do? Um, I've heard every, of that. What is it? Remind me every, of what it is. Every big city has it. L.A. has it, I'm sure. But it's basically bicyclists all get together, and then they, like, drive somewhere together. And so this critical mass is crossing the street. My light is green to walk across the street, but I can't. There's, like, a 100 bicyclists coming at me. So I just stand there and look stupid as traffic builds up because they can't do anything because a 100 bicyclists are just running through the red light. Fucking made me so angry. And then when I when I did finally go, there was like four people that were stragglers coming up that I had to run out of the way for. Ugh. And I was I was mad. I wanted to like walk slow and have them hit me just so I could like push them down. Girl, I know. L.A. shut down last week. I'm not even joking. L.A. shut down last week because there was this hipster event called Cyclavia. It might also be called Cyclavia. I don't know how to say it. But it's basically they shut down major streets from downtown to the ocean in L.A. And people just riding around their beach cruisers like lunatics. I can't get anywhere. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because it's shut down and it's official. If my light is fucking green and I'm supposed to be crossing, I should be able to cross. I don't have to wait for 50 bikes to get out of my way. That made me more mad than like an official... No. Event when you're that stuck I... in fucking traffic and some Yahoo hipster rides by on like a bicycle with a giant wheel in the front, you want to punch <laughs> him in the face. And let me tell you this. I was on my iPad newspaper, whatever, my iPad news magazine, and every fucking story about LA was either that goddamn Cyclavia or Coachella. It was like fucking hipsters took over my iPad. I threw it across the room. <laughs> that showed them. Yeah. Anything else happening in LA? Um... I'm sure you've heard about this. This has been a major news story in Los Angeles. But did you hear about the UC Irvine uh, Asian fraternity? They made a music video of Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z's song, Suit and Tie. But one of the Asian guys was in blackface. Yeah. It was the Lambda Theta Delta fraternity, which is a historically Asian fraternity. Man, they are in some hot fucking water, man. I want to see the Asians solve this puzzle. Get out of that. Thank you. It's my racist comment for the day. Can you explain to me why blackface is wrong? Like, I'm not saying that. Just explain to me why it's wrong. I think if I had to guess. Like, I understand historically, like, a blackface actor is taking a job from a black actor and that a black person could have that job and you're saying that they aren't worthy to act on screen. We're going to have a white person do it. I get that. And they were also like caricatures of African-American people. But like this Asian person doing it, let's say he didn't have blackface, but he was playing the Jay-Z role. Like that's that would be fine, correct? Yeah, I don't think they had a problem with him playing the Jay-Z role. I think you are on the right track. It harkens back to the days of like minstrel shows when they would Mm -hmm. smear on this um, black grease paint, which ironically, if you don't know this, black people who would do it would also put on the blackface. It's really weird. 
but because um, it would be like pitch black it would be like tar you know yeah on their yeah. faces and they'd be like hello there you know and like hold the yeah. door you know and, and so like really like offensive thing i think it just reminds people of that it's, it, i think it's racially insensitive it's sort of the same the reason let me ask you this and i'll turn it on these um lambda theta delta people the same way asian people would be offended by a person taking their fingers and stretching their eyes out and going like ching chong ching chong you know like asian people do have slanted eyes right but it's still offensive because it's not racially sensitive okay it doesn't personally offend me and whatnot it depends on the context and i don't think it was done in a to like demean black people way but it's one of these things that i'm just like are you retarded Right, right. See, that's I was going to say that next. I don't understand why it's offensive, but I'm not saying that it's not. I'm saying I don't understand why it's not offensive, but I am smart enough to know that it's offensive and I would not do it or I would not allow it to happen in my name. Well, here's the thing, and this is something I talk about often, is, and this is really shocking actually, it's something I've learned and I actually have seen, is one of the last things to develop uh, in a child is um, the part of the brain that understands consequences. And it actually doesn't fully develop until you're in your early to mid-20s with some people. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of times these young people, and it's really dangerous with the internet, they 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 literally can't grasp the concept that things have consequences in the future. Sure. And so I think that's part of it. But they can understand that pushing the envelope is you know, in enticing or can can gain, I don't know, followers or something. Maybe. I just think, I, I don't think they understand the concept of how far reaching the internet is. It would be Mike. It would be one of these things. And I don't even think, even us talking about this intellectually, I don't think we can get it at how big the internet can be. I mean, look at two people who've had instant internet fame and they've gone crazy. Susan Boyle. Right? Imagine being your Mike Lawson at one day, private citizen, and less than 24 hours, you were one of the most famous people in the world. See, every other movie star we think of, it's gradual, and they're there for that, right? Mm-hmm. The same thing is true with this um, Jason Russell from Invisible Children. I think. The Coney 2012 kid. Coney 2012 guy. I think we don't understand how much, like, he literally went from a mildly kind of like popular you know guy to all of a sudden one of the most famous people in the world so that's interesting yeah so anyway the point is i don't think that these lambda theta delta guys understand the full i don't think they understood the grasp of of what's gonna what's gonna happen right i don't think they understood how far reaching the internet is and i think that's sort of the mistake they made and i i'm thinking that they're gonna have to like the guy in blackface is gonna have to leave the school. Remember really? the remember the UCLA girl who made the like, oh, so sorry, ching chong, ching chong. Which, by the way, every time I watch it, it made me laugh. But like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'll put the video on the Facebook page. But there was this famous girl. You not she wasn't famous, but this girl at UCLA made this video how she was upset about the Asian kids and their parents doing something. I can't remember what it is, but she was like. Oh, so sorry. Like, ching chong, ting chong, or whatever. And it was a huge news story, and she had to leave UCLA. They had kicked her out. And, like, okay. It's ringing a bell now that you're saying that. 
Um. Anyway, do you have any other news stories, Mike? So, Joey, um, have you heard this already? Bradley Manning, who is the U.S. Army private that was charged with leaking classified military documents to the WikiLeaks people, mm-hmm. there was, um, I think on the Thursday of last week, there was like a leak or an, a weird announcement from San Francisco LGBT Pride committee saying that he was going to be the grand marshal and then people went nuts like crazy all over the internet but then now the san francisco lgbt pride committee is saying that the wrong person leaked that information it wasn't supposed to be announced we would never choose him it was just an internal conversation that happened to get put into announcement form and sent to everybody so it's actually it's actually like a non-news story now but um, I, it was interesting when it first came out because people were, it, it certainly divided people. Some people were like, fuck yeah. And then other people were like, fuck no. Okay. Well, then <laughs> let's assume though that it was real. What is your opinion on it? Well, I don't think that he's the most horrible person. Um, I don't have a solid opinion about it, but I think, so the, the pride committee is saying like, um, we, we, only support are the men and women in uniform and um bradley manning is not a great example of that and he put people in harm's way is what they're saying and i i don't know that he did did he? oh yeah he did this guy look here's the deal with bradley manning it's difficult with him because there's two parts to the story the way the government has stripped him of his civil rights is an injustice and it's terrible Right, he's a U.S. citizen, and he is due his day in court. I know there's all the military tribunal thing and all that nonsense, but the man is, deserves his day in court. One, but two, girl, if everything happened the way it is, he's guilty of treason because what he did was he released diplomatic cables. Now, let me tell you this: New York Times published these diplomatic cables, and WikiLeaks used to do it in the past as well, and they—I mean—they still do probably. But the point is, early on in the WikiLeaks days, and the New York Times still. Um, deals with this is they would go through the cables they would read them and they would take out the names of contacts cia agents in these countries okay and um then they would publish it with these names redacted the problem is wikileaks got lazy and um bradley manning knowing this gave wikileaks these cables and they published these cables with these names in them that means people who were like in these countries who had been helping the u.s government were now their lives were in danger and their lives of their families were in danger these countries like oh really you're helping the u.s government thanks we're going to kill you right sure and so he literally put and because the cia typically doesn't talk about this people probably died because of this you know, they're not going to say like, oh, so-and-so was a CIA agent. He died, right? So um, there were people who lost their lives. There were missions that were probably compromised because of this. And I know, now I've read up on this. And I know that there's some people who credit the Arab Spring because of the WikiLeaks release of these cables. You know? Mm-hmm. or the Because uh, he also released um, how the U.S. played parts in certain things in terms of like certain people didn't know that the u.s played a part in certain injustices that went on and i'm not saying that these things shouldn't have come out but there's a way of doing it and i think he put people's lives in danger and i think he should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law um he's pled guilty by the way to most up to about half of the things he's been 
accused of. He's just stopped short of saying he, he the things he's pled guilty to, if they accept those pleas, he'll get like 20 years. But the things he has not pled guilty to could get life. So mm. I, and also I read the story that you see people just know this part. Um, Bradley Manning is also a crazy person, right? Sure. Who also, like, literally one of the re- – so there was a lot of – I'm not going to get into it because this can get boring. I encourage people to go find the articles and read them. But there were a lot of events that led up to his um, releasing the information. And um, and it has to do – a lot of it does have to do with it being gay and he, he's uh, questioning his um, gender identity. But, like, he got in a fight with a woman um, right before it happened and he punched her in the face. And then when they told him he was going to, like – have to work an extra day. He went crazy and started overturning tables and smashing things. Like he's a crazy person, right? Who doesn't make the yeah, best decisions. I think, I think if you boil it down, he's done nothing for the LGBT community, which is one thing that uh, somebody who is the grand marshal of the pride parade in San Francisco, that's like a criteria is they've done something for the community. And he's, whether you agree that what he did was wonderful or whether you are in the camp that thinks it was not so wonderful, he is just a person that happens to be gay that has done something. It's not that he's done something for this community. So well, yeah. I think for that for that reason, he's not a great candidate for Grand Marshal. No, he's not. And um, I think I, – I'm not even saying – I mean, I don't, we'll find everything out when he goes on trial. But what I'm saying is you're right. He's not there, – there are a lot better candidates – for Grand Marshal. There are a lot of Certainly. people out there who have directly done something for the gay community and they would be better Grand Marshals than Bradley Manning. Okay? Sure. Um, so that's sort of my two cents. You know, uh, this reminds me of, of, you know, of his name even being put out there. Is I don't think I talked about this on the show, though I know I talked about it on Facebook. I had a lot of rage over the Out Magazine 50 Most Powerful People in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And... My rage, actually, comically, was because they made Andy Cohen the number 14th, 14, <laughs> they made Andy Cohen the number 14 most powerful person in gay world. And I was like, and when you look at the list of everyone who's after him, you're like, um, no, he's not. Somebody knows Andy Cohen and wanted to make him happy because he's not, no, right? So... But and I went off on this. I'm not going to go off on it again. But what's funny is my cousin and I were talking about it. And I went back to the article and I was reading the comments and people were making points like, which is true. Like everybody on this list is a white man, right? Mm. There's one black person on there. Number 10, Frank Ocean. Mm-hmm. And they were like, um, he just came out and he's never done anything for the gay community. Well, I think it's arguable that a hip hop artist of his at his level coming out is something for our community no but the problem is that i think that that's pretty i i think it's a difficult thing to do well the problem is that i don't disagree with that but the problem is then the person listed like five fierce black people some lesbians some men who have Mm -hmm. done a lot for the black uh for the gay community and have done important things. Like when you read it, Oh yeah. Why isn't that person on this list? And there's one person of color on the list. There are no lesbians on the list. And they started listing all these lesbians. You're like, Oh yeah. Why is that person? Oh no. I guess Ellen's on there, but like, um, and Rachel Maddow, but like other than like a few smattering of people, 
Like you're like, wait a minute, yeah, where's that person and that person? It's like all white people and all white men. And you're like, really? So gay people, get your shit together. Thank you. <laughs> what do you got going on next week, Joey? Um, okay. I might be remember Logan and Noel? Remember the one where no- Logan had to have like snacks for real time with Bill oh, Maher? Yeah. Well now yeah. they invited me to be a special VIP guest at a taping of Conan. Okay. So I might go to that. Uh, I might be going to a Dodger game this week. Cool. And then, I don't know if you saw this on Facebook, I'm doing a taco tour on Cinco de Mayo. I'm taking some people to, I'm going to take them to Marisco's Jalisco. I'm taking them to Ricky's Fish Taco. And then we're going to Guisados, this other great taco place. So I'm taking a bunch of my friends and we're going on a taco tour in L.A. Um, on a bike, shutting down streets. No, no bike. We're going to do a good old-fashioned car. Cool. That sounds like fun. Yeah. It's so Cinco de Mayo's this week. Mm-hmm. First. Oh, it is. Which, the first is Wednesday? As a Mexican means hide in your fucking house, man, because that means it's going to be white people in, like, um, like bullets and those blankets. They What are those called? I don't know. Drinking margaritas. Wearing, like, putting, like, stupid mustaches on and wearing giant mariachi hats. Ugh. Nightmare. Yeah. I'm going to the theater twice. I have uh, tickets Why? You need to more dates? see... <laughs> I didn't get it at first. <laughs> I'm going to see The Arsonist, which I know nothing about. It's a moral play with no morals. That's a tagline. And then um, I won tickets to see uh, on Facebook. The Berkeley rep had a Facebook status update that said, it's Shakespeare's birthday today. And if you know who in the Berkeley rep family also celebrates a birthday, it's comment. And the first person to comment correctly will win tickets. So I just guess I went to the Berkeley Rep's Wikipedia page and guessed that their founder was born the same day as Shakespeare, and he was. So I'm going to see Shakespeare's – he has this, like, lesser-known play called Pericles, Prince of Tyre. So I'm going to see that on Friday. So Why do I feel my prize would be not having to go to this play? <laughs> I hate your guts. So that should be fun. All right. Well, Mike, it sounded we had, like, a very eventful week. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, it was nice catching up with you, Mike. All right, nice catching up with you, Joey. I'll talk to you in two days. <laughs> For the mini episode. We what? do a mini episode. <laughs> Wait, what? Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 uh, um, 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 um